Cincy Reform Podcast. My name is Zach. I'm here with Brandon, and we are co-pastors of Westside Reform Church. Thanks for joining us today. We're going to be speaking today about spiritual gifts, something that uh, if you bring up at a, a dinner party with Christians is sure to, to uh, cause some um, controversy and some uh, discussion. But uh, as we get started here, let me just ask Brandon to kind of kick us off. Uh, Brandon, could you maybe just sketch out for us a, a definition of spiritual gifts so that we can all make sure that we're on the same page going forward? Yeah, sure. So um, when people talk about spiritual gifts, they often have in mind some sort of talent or skill or aptitude towards something that can serve the body of Christ. Um, some sort of skill or talent or aptitude that you can utilize within the church to better serve the church. And that can range from things that are extraordinary to ordinary. Um, and, you know, as we look at the, at the history of the Christian church, that we have we've de definitely seen more um, extraordinary things in the past. And uh, but it can range from you know anything down to being a, a prayer warrior or something like that. And so it doesn't have to be this. Uh, you know, sometimes I think people think of spiritual gift, and it sounds so you know. I don't know so so lofty so so heightened that you know uh, they they would maybe not think of things like encouragement or like computer skills or you know it can be very ordinary and it can be um, given in, in an extraordinary spontaneous um, instant way perhaps by the Holy Spirit but can also be something that's just been developed from childhood uh, maybe you, yeah, as a child, had an interest in something, and that interest grew and developed over time, and now you're uh, utilizing that in your local church. And so there can be, I think, a range here, and it doesn't always mean some you know lofty, exciting, over the top thing. Um, but I think that that is kind of uh, it kind of encapsulates a lot of um, of what a, a spiritual gift is. Um, is that helpful? I, I think so, and I think that. Um... One thing that our listeners might want to hear more about that you mentioned, you mentioned a couple of categories there of um, extraordinary and ordinary gifts. Mm -hmm. So maybe kind of unpack that a little bit. Sure. And then, um, I don't know, probably worth mentioning, maybe we'll get to this a little later, but a couple places where we would typically turn in Scripture for this would be uh, Romans 12, um, 1 Corinthians 12 and 14. And also First uh, Peter four, maybe we can get into a couple of those texts a little bit as well. Ephesians four. Ephesians four, of course. Yeah. yeah. Thank you. Yeah. Thank you. So um, yeah, let me. How about I'll start there. I'll start with with just reading a few verses from from these texts and just kind of give you some context, and then we'll talk about it a bit. So here's Romans twelve verses three through eight. Um, sorry, I pulled out the wrong tab. So here's Romans 12, verses 3 through 8. For by the grace given to me, I say to every one among you, not to think of himself more highly than he ought, but to think with sober judgment, each according to the measure of faith that God has assigned. For as in one body we have many members, and the members do not all have the same function. So we, though many, are one body in Christ, 
and individually members one of another, having gifts that differ according to the grace given to us. Let us use them, if prophecy in proportion to our faith, if service in our serving, the one who teaches in his teaching, the one who exhorts in his exhortation, the one who contributes in generosity, the one who leads with zeal, the one who does acts of mercy with cheerfulness. So he lists several um, gifts. He talks about prophecy, but he also talks about acts of mercy, and he talks about teaching, and, um, and so on. In 1 Corinthians 12, reading here verses 4 through 11, he says, Now there are varieties of gifts, but the same Spirit. And there are varieties of service, but the same Lord. And there are varieties of activities, but it is the same God who empowers them all in everyone. To each is given the manifestation of the Spirit for the common good. For to one is given through the Spirit the utterance of wisdom, and to another the utterance of knowledge according to the same Spirit. To another faith by the same Spirit, to another gifts of healing by the one Spirit, to another the working of miracles, to another prophecy, to another the ability to distinguish between spirits, to another various kinds of tongues, to another the interpretation of tongues, all these are empowered by one and the same Spirit, who apportion to each one individually as he wills. So the, the, those are just a couple texts that, that speak to spiritual gifts, and it get, kind of gives a, a bit of a list. Now these lists are not exhaustive. He's just giving a sampling here. He speaks about, again, wisdom and knowledge and teaching and service and cheerfulness. I mean, all of these various things. But he also speaks about extraordinary things, and he mentioned a few of those. He mentioned uh, prophecy. He mentioned speaking in tongues, interpreting tongues. Now, we've done a, a, a podcast episode on this as well, and I can link it in, into the show notes page. But just by way of, of kind of brief um, overview, some gifts have ceased in the church. So early on in the church's history, um, as the church was being being founded and grounded and built upon in the New Testament era, we see a text like uh, Ephesians 2.20. This is the foundation is the apostles and the prophets. And he's speaking there about this kind of foundation laying. And today we don't have apostles. That was an office given by the Lord Jesus Christ of those men who walked with him, who saw the risen Christ, who were instructed by him in some way, and they were part of that foundation-laying um, um, era of the church. The same with, with prophets. There were various prophets in churches. You know, as the New Testament was being written, it wasn't, it wasn't spread around all the churches equally. You know, one church might have maybe two or three of Paul's letters and maybe a gospel, and another church might have had a gospel and, 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 the, and the book of Acts and something like this. But um, to kind of maybe fill in the gap, so to speak, the Spirit raised up various prophets in various contexts that could speak God's Word infallibly to the congregation in terms of keeping the churches um, stable during this foundation-laying era and, 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 and foundation-laying epoch. But once 
the foundation is laid, the, the canon of Scripture is, is written, uh, and the canon is closed. We're not adding new, new books to the Bible. Uh, we have a sufficient word now. The Bible is sufficient for us. We're not looking for new revelation on, on any topic. The, the final word was in Christ, and now we're awaiting this, the, the, the return of Christ. And until the return of Christ, uh, we will not see any sort of infallible, uh, thus saith the Lord kind of prophecy that is given. Uh, but now we have, we have Holy Scripture. And so those, those things like prophecy in tongues are called revelatory gifts because they were God's Word infallible. If somebody spoke in tongues and somebody interpreted that, that was the infallible Word of God for that church, and that church um, had to heed that Word. In fact, I would, I would exhort that church to write it down and preach from that Word that was, that was given to it. And indeed, that probably is, is, is what happened in some of these contexts. In some of these contexts where they were getting words of prophecy, undoubtedly they were making sure that they remember those words that they were getting in that local congregation, and that was God's Word to them. And so that's not for today. That was a gift that has, that has ceased. Uh, if you would like more uh, about that idea about um, uh, these revelatory gifts ceasing, like prophecy in tongues, I would recommend Richard Gaffin's uh, book called Perspectives on Pentecost. I think he, he lays down a, just a fa fantastic um, groundwork as to why uh, those have ceased and why it's biblical to say so. Uh, also, um, Sinclair Ferguson, um, his book on the Holy Spirit, does uh, also a, 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 another phenomenal job in, in making the argumentation biblically that the revelatory gifts have ceased and now we have the sufficient uh, canon of, of, of Holy Scripture. So some of those extraordinary gifts, again, uh, prophecy, tongues, those have ceased, but certainly the Holy Spirit is still empowering gifts uh, within his church and uh, bringing forth those gifts to serve the body of Christ and uh, we should not think less of those gifts because you know they're not prophecy or they're not tongues or they're not something that we saw in the first century um, they're still gifts from the Holy Spirit and very important for the upbuilding of, of Christ's church uh, so Zach you you recently spent some time thinking about spiritual giftings you preach a sermon on it uh, what were some of the insights, perhaps, that you kind of unpacked in your in your research and as you were preaching this? Sure. Well, I think that um, as we start you know, focusing now on the ordinary gifts, as you mentioned, I think that there are a few really important things that we Christians need to, to take to heart. I think that on one hand, we need to make sure that everyone knows that if you are a Christian, then you do um, have the Spirit. And the Spirit is the gift that keeps on giving. And He is the gift from God, the capital G gift. And then He gifts all Christians, whether young or old, rich or poor, man or woman, to then go forth into the church to serve. And so I think that there can be those in the Christian church who think, oh, well, maybe when I'm older, I'll serve. Uh, I think some of our covenant youth could view it that way at times that um, they need to just be, you know, self-focused um, until they become an adult or something like that. And that's, that's ridiculous. Children can serve. 
Sometimes people can become older in the Christian faith and think, well, I've done my time of service and now I'm just going to keep to myself. Again, that's not, that's not appropriate because the Spirit gifts all Christians and what those gifts are, are, are given for is for the edification of other members of the body. And he doesn't give us a gift just to stick to ourselves and to keep to ourselves private, but they're all given for the sake of others. I think that 1 Peter 4 helps here, where uh, in 1 Peter 4, there are two kind of categories of gifts that are described there, one being gifts of speaking and other gifts mm -hmm. of serving. So two kind of categories, and those kind of gifts can apply to anyone. I think that um, we should recognize that Within these ordinary gifts, there can be official gifts as well and unofficial gifts. When I say official, I mean an office. So even though we within the Reformed Church believe that the uh, offices in the church are appointed only for men and, and certain men, but we can also still recognize that many women are also gifted unofficially to, to speak words of encouragement, to uh, speak words of cheerfulness, to speak the truth in love. And so when we think about this uh, speaking and serving as two kinds of gifts, we, we see that across ages, across um, the two sexes, and, and so forth. Uh, we should recognize, as Brandon mentioned earlier, but I'm going to reiterate, that Romans 12 and 1 Corinthians 12, they do not exhaust the spiritual gifts. It's imperative that Christians then recognize that um, no matter who you are within the church, that you have gifts that pertain to either or maybe both of speaking and serving. I think we could all say that everyone's called to serve. That's, that's for certain. Um, I think as well that uh, we, we need to recognize that the, the idea here of being gifted for service, that as Brandon mentioned earlier, oftentimes that pertains to some of our natural abilities. And we begin to, to use those natural abilities for the sake of our fellow Christians. And that is a very common way that um, God, by the Holy Spirit, raises us up and empowers us and empowers the church to become mature and to be conformed to the image of Jesus Christ. But there are also times when the uh, Spirit is calling us and gifting us to do something that may not be naturally easy for us. And if we only then think about our own gifts as something I'm good at, then we can begin to make excuses when we begin to see places where service is needed, but we just don't want to do it. I think that it's worth noting that the Holy Spirit, he opens our eyes and he illumines us, not only to the text of Holy Scripture and to its meaning, but he opens our eyes and he illumines our hearts to see where service is needed within the Christian church. And he does that in order not that we can bark out orders of somebody else to go take care of it, but rather to, to begin to awaken us to become the solution to whatever need we are seeing. And that might be in a place where it's very uncomfortable for you. However, as we go forward in the power of the Spirit, and we begin to, to learn new skills or to develop new proficiencies, or maybe we just bumble our way through something and serve, that we actually give glory to God because we are seeking to do something that's actually quite difficult for us. And so I would encourage people to, to on one hand, think about your skills, but also to, to not make excuses, because again, if the Spirit is making you aware of something, He's almost certainly also gifting you to be the solution to the, to the problem that you are um, identifying. 
What are some of your thoughts here, Brandon? What are some practical uh, ways that you might encourage people mm-hmm. in um, churches to exercise and to utilize their gifts? Um, yeah, I'm guessing probably not take a spiritual gifts test or something like that. Right, what yeah. What are some things you can <clears throat> Yeah, so, I mean, when you take a spiritual gift test, right, it kind of puts you in this in this box, right? Like, here's here's your top three areas or something. And then you can only serve in those those three things that it that it told you. And sometimes you go into a church context, and you're like, well, how, how does... Because I, when I first became a Christian, I took uh, one of these spiritual gift tests. And my top three were wisdom, knowledge, hospitality. And it was like, okay, uh, how, how do I, you know, how do I u- utilize that in this context? And, and then the others are even more nuanced and more practical. Mm-hmm. Like you are, you, you are tasked to work in the soundboard or something, you know. So, um, yeah, so I, I think it, 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 it's, it's, it's good to say, what am I, do I, do I have natural abilities that, that can serve the church? Do I have an interest? You know, do I have a skill or, or whatever? But it's also, I like how you mentioned, you know, we don't want to get into this, like, this is my, my box, this is my thing, and this is all I can do. But to ask, what are some situations in my, in my local church? Is there something in my local church that, that, that need, needs to happen? Is there a need that I can fill? And even if I'm not particularly talented towards that, we can pray and ask the Holy Spirit to help us in that. Because, you know, as you mentioned, um, the Spirit not, not only gives us gifts, perhaps from childhood, that, that, that develop, but also, I mean, as, as there's a task, the Spirit can empower us to do that task. And uh, you, know, you mentioned how the Spirit is the gift that keeps on giving. So we, the, that, that would encourage us not to have a kind of box mentality, like, this is my only thing I can do, but realizing that the Holy Spirit can empower us to, to do and to help out with needs within the church that maybe make us at first uncomfortable. Because sometimes the Spirit does that, right? The Spirit maybe might, might push us or call us to do something within the church. And at first, we're like, that's scary. But as we undertake that task, we find that the Spirit has been helping us the, the entire way, gifting us and strengthening us and empowering us to do that task with faithfulness to Christ. And so we should be open and say, you know, what, what are the needs of my church? Uh, is there a situation in which God has placed me in and I'm seeing this void that needs to be filled? How can I fill it? And I think that's a, that's a very helpful approach and there's there's and needs all over the place and it, it kind of depends on the situation of your church is your church a church plant is it a, an established church there's going to be there's going to be different needs and you know if you're a church plant there's going to be needs for setup there's going to be needs for technology there's going to be needs for um, how do we how do we have a bigger perhaps online footprint or something like that so there's going to be different needs within the congregations uh, and, 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 and you can ask your pastor, ask your elders, you know, is there, is there, yeah, is there, is there a place that is, is there a hole somewhere that, that I could help, mm-hmm. um, fill and maybe your pastor, elder or deacon can, um, can point you in that direction and say, yeah, we, we've been wanting somebody to take care of this or somebody to put a directory together or somebody to, and that could be very practical things that um, need to happen. And so, you know, you could, you, could, you could start there, I think, and find out what are the needs. Instead of trying to say, well, this is my thing, make it work in, in, right. in this church, that, that would be inappropriate. Because maybe, maybe the church doesn't have that situational need at the time. 
But maybe there's something else that you could pray about, and maybe the Spirit will gift you that ability to do that thing, and, and, and you can walk in that path. So I think, think the helpful thing is not to say, here's my thing, cram it into the church, but to say, what are the holes, what are the needs within this church, and, and to, to see if you could do those. Well put. Well, we hope it's been um, a helpful uh, conversation for, for you as well. Uh, thanks for joining us this week on the uh, Sensory Reform podcast as we've been speaking about uh, spiritual gifts. And like Brandon said earlier, if you do want a little bit more uh, input information on this uh, distinction between extraordinary and ordinary gifts, please check out the show notes page. We spent quite a bit of time talking about that uh, previously. But we hope that this encourages you to be a blessing to your congregation, to work with your uh, church leaders as well, to identify places for service and to look in, this, in these things for empowerment from the Spirit, to look not for your own uh, edification, but for that of your brothers and sisters, and that the church might be conformed to the new man who is Jesus Christ. So until next time, we're the Sincere Reform Podcast. Check us out at sincereform.org, and we are sponsored by Westside Reformed Church. Check us out there at westsidereformed.org. Bye-bye.